This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. Hello and welcome to the Shakti Hour, a new podcast on the Be Here Now Network. My name is Melanie and I'm very happy to be here in the company of so many uh, brilliant and thoughtful teachers and thinkers. Thanks very much to Raghu Marcus for welcoming me on board. The Shakti Hour is a collection of conversations with women sharing their personal experience on the spiritual path. Today, the first conversation I'm sharing with you is one that I had this fall with the lovely and talented Deva Pramal. Uh, Deva is such a bright light and a, a beautiful singer. And I got so much out of this conversation with her. I, I hope you do as well. I'm not going to say too much about it. There's so many gems in here. I really I just hope you enjoy listening to it and hearing more about her story and um, how her life has unfolded in quite a magical way. Thanks very much for tuning in. Please take a minute to subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes. I look forward to sharing more with you here. Thanks very much for listening. So, Deva, I heard a story about your birth, that your parents were singing you the Gayatri Mantra as you were being born. Is this, uh, is this true? Yeah, I mean, definitely they were singing it to me when, when I was in, in my mother's womb. And then around the birth, I don't know if exactly that moment, but um, it's, it, you know, it was like basically the welcoming mantra for me into this life you know so then also as a as a from baby on you know from first day on I would have it sung to me every month every night before sleeping and then as soon as I could join I would you know so it's been just a natural ingredient of life or something you know and for a while um, I think I stopped consciously chanting mantra when I was maybe nine or ten years old when I felt like oh this is not something I have any connection with particular or I know anything about. It's just something my parents tell me to do. I wanted to become Christian and, you know, like felt like, you know, this is 
uh, you know, I, I want to do my, what I, what I feel I want to do. So <clears throat> I think between 10 and maybe 26, I hardly chanted a mantra really very much. So when you came back to it, were, was it related to a spiritual seeking for you at any point, or did it just become this thing that was just coming out of you? Yeah, it's somehow actually just the way my life has gone. I've never, I've never looked for anything. Everything has always somehow come to me. Mm. And um, like I found my guru Osho when I was 11 years old, and I didn't look for guru because I was 11 years old. I mean, <laughs> not many people look for a guru at that age. Right. But uh, I, I was introduced to his world, and I, I, I. Uh, you know, saw his face and I heard his voice and I and I um, liked the people that were in that world that were drawn to him. They they felt like home. They felt like family. So that that was like, yeah, I want to be. That's my guru. That's uh, you know, and and he's he has been ever since. You know, and uh, the same with the mantras. Then I then I met Miten, which was my introduction into being even a musician, which I'm still almost hesitant to call myself because it doesn't really feel quite right. But, um, you know, like that was another, that was an invitation into music and into, and I always loved music. I always loved singing and, but I just never thought I would have something to give per myself, you know, to actually sing for other people or and um, and then with the mantras again, that's that again came like an invitation, you know, like through somebody chanting it near me at a place where I would have never expected it because it was in an Osho ashram where I heard it, which was very surprising because in Osho's world, there, like I said, there wasn't much mantra chanting, so it was really very, it was an incredible uh, synchronicity. So uh, for me, that's how my life has been so far. You know, just things come and... and, and Have you ever questioned them. that? Have you ever wondered why or questioned how that it's come to be? Because I'm sure that you, in your line of work, you encounter people, many people come to the spiritual path in, in turmoil, in looking for relief, in searching for something. So have you questioned how your life unfolded this way or... Of course, and the, the the way the mind goes, at least my mind, it always doubts and it always kind of thinks, are you, is this right, you know, is this, is this how, is this, um... so for, for me it was a long time to, to accept that things come quite easily, you know, that they have unfolded quite easily for me and that I haven't had a big, huge turmoil crisis situation I mean I had a heartbreak which took me a few years to get over you know before me 10 and you know of course I had my little things but nothing kind of earth shattering and uh, it's just the way it is I just I just um, but I, now I'm very grateful that it is like this and feel very blessed um, just sometimes I, I thought maybe I should have worked harder for this or something, you know, it's like a German, I think some kind of German <laughs> conditioning comes in there maybe, yeah. as I hear myself saying that. <laughs> so, uh, Not only German, I think it's a, just a, a Western way of thinking that you have to earn it. Yes. 
but really that softening, that relaxing into being receptive mm. really is what, what most of us are, are working towards being able to do. So I can see, I could see, um, well, you're, it seems you're blessed with a, a mind that at least could see what was before it, mm. Mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, to, to answer, to be open to the invitation or to see that the doors are open and then just to go through them. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm curious if you ever have encountered a moment where you wanted to take another turn. You had this moment when you were young where you wanted to become Christian and be normal and do this other thing. Have you had other moments along the path where you were wanting to go a different way? No. No, it's been pretty... I mean, I've been with Meten for 24 six years almost now and um, it's just been a very kind of straight unfolding there was there hasn't been like this you know it's just kind of like this and uh, yeah also I always thought you know when I was 11 I thought maybe when I get into puberty I you know get rebellious against this spiritual things or something but it just never never happened so no, I, it's just been very natural and easy. Tell me about that relationship. That's a that's a quite that's your entire adult life to be in in relationship. Um, now you work together, you commune in music together, and you have this other living, breathing relationship together. And how has that changed you? and your relationship to spirit, or how have you changed over the course of the time of that relationship? I, I think it's always been, it's always been something important to me. And I remember coming out of school when I was 18, 19 years old and having that fleeting thought, I would love to find somebody who I can work with and travel with, you know? And, uh, and I just always really loved that idea that you could always be together and that you could be creative together and and traveling, you know. And uh, I had no idea, uh, you know, at that point, music was not even an option. So, but um, yeah, it's it's a surprise, but still it's a surprise, you know. We met when I was 21 or 20, Miten was 43. Now I'm older than Miten was when we got together, which is a funny thought. And uh, and I thought, even though I wanted to be with somebody, I thought it would get boring kind of after a few years, you know. Especially when you're so much together, we are literally 24-7 together, you know. I mean, almost literally, we have like a week here or there once or twice a year, but that's about it. And um, And first we thought, let's not, squeeze the juice too much let's kind of pace ourselves and have two rooms and not see each other too much you know but we just didn't it just didn't happen we just were naturally always together and we are to this day and it's still again it's very easy we just have a good rhythm to with each other we are very compatible in the way we, we like to do things and also there's a good um there is a good balance in the ro in the roles, you know. In the, I think it's the feminine and masculine energy. You know, we know what one or the other is good at, and and so it's a good it's a good we complement each other really well. 
So I'm just also grateful. We, sometimes people ask us, you know, about doing relationship um, work or offer advice or something. And then we always say we, we just don't have any because we haven't really worked on it. You know, it's just been, <laughs> we just, it's just been like easy, you know, it has been just in, of course we are, we erupt and there's, you know, there's this agreement, but it lasts like five minutes or something, you know, it doesn't get, doesn't carry very long. We are both passionate people, but um, we don't like seem to hold on to things with each other. So uh, I'm just... Do you consider the relationship a part of your spiritual practice? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah totally. Because for me, Omen is, you know, you know, Krishna, God, or Guru, or whatever you call it, he's my teacher also, you know. He's like, I can... And I obviously, the one I'm sometimes most reluctant uh, to learn from, you know. But... Uh, but definitely it's such a, I mean, of course, it's such a mirror and uh, such a, a possibility to be in service and uh, and just live love, you know, how, how much more love can you live, you know, how much more can you give? And that's, you get that opportunity, you know, every day. It's beautiful. Is that a question of, do you have a, do you have a question that you work with like that or or some sort of? direction to your own personal spiritual life outside of all the work that you do for for others i mean that is love is my mm -hmm. right i'm just love love you know i'm just into love <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and i feel even the mantras and the chanting is actually a, a way of for me to share love and to receive love and to give love and to somehow generate love because that's what i feel what's happening you know, for people who come to sing with us and chant with us, I feel there's a lot of love happening between the people and, and within themselves through the singing and chanting. So for me, it feels like a, that's actually the, the real basis of what we do or what I do with my life. That's that's the essence. And, um, and you know, I'm not a really, I'm not a pundit. I'm not like a scholar, you know, like I'm not a yogi, like, you know, so I feel like I'm, I, I have found this beautiful, amazing vehicle to, to, to share love and to, to, um, enjoy. So, uh, what was your question? That was something like that. Well, I think you answered it. I was, yeah. is there, you, you had said, um, how can I give love? How can I mm. do more love? And just was clarifying if that was your spiritual mm. true north, which it sounds like it mm -hmm. is. Yeah. I mean, Osho gave me the name Deva Pramal, which means divine loving mm. in when in 81. So mm. uh, I'm, I'm working on it. So you're working on, <laughs> on your namesake. Mm -hmm. You mentioned briefly about the, um, the roles, the feminine and masculine balance mm -hmm. in your relationship. Can you speak a bit more about that? just to how you perceive the feminine and masculine and, and how that works for you in your life? Yeah, it's actually a very beautiful focus because um, Vitan and I, we do uh, holiday groups, retreat programs for couples that we call Tantra Mantra. And really they came out of this rhyme, you know, Tantra Mantra, what a great, what a great title for, for a retreat. 
And we do it together with a very dear friend and really good Tantra teacher called Rafia, who we've been doing this retreat for the last 15 years or so. <clears throat> and uh, through him, through Rafia's understanding and the understanding that we teach in that, in that retreat, I, I, I found a way to verbalize actually what's happening. And so the, the approach is and the, the focus is that the most we are most healthy and most balanced when we are in our own essence, you know, whatever that is. If usually often, I mean, not for everybody, but most for most women, we have a very strong female essence. And for most men, we have a, they have a very strong male essence. And it, there's a certain feeling to be in that essence and to be, to, to, let, it, to let it flower, to, to not try to bend it another way. So in this modern day and age, you know, we, we, the, men, the women for sure become too masculine often, you know, just through that kind of through society and through work and success and career and all that. And in our spiritual world, many men actually have become too feminine also, you know. They want to be sensitive and receptive and, 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 and then there is some kind of almost like a castration that's going on because they think, oh, maybe we've thought that a real strong male essence is inappropriate in the, on the spiritual path or it's, you know, so it's a kind of, there can be a holding back. So what we do in those retreats is to to find a, a really raw access again to those very very primal uh, energies of femininity and masculinity. And uh, you know, I just have to say that these retreats we do for heterosexual couples only because that's where this polarity works in that way. We haven't found a way to to offer that retreat for same-sex couples and we've really we have made another retreat that that is um, open for everybody but you know just because i'm in a heterosexual relationship i can only talk about that um and uh, you know i don't i don't understand you know understand how it feels otherwise so um for me that's i think that's that's i feel very comfortable in that feminine role you know it's uh, it but it also is not really an issue for me. Like I'm not really such a kind of a women's only kind of person, you know, like I'm not, I'm not really drawn to women's groups or, or, you know, I don't think about it. It's not that I'm, you know, that I don't like it, but it's just not something that I even, I don't really make that distinction so much oh i'm going to be with women only or you know so, so what is that feminine yeah. the feminine what is that feminine essence then can you describe what that is to you for you that when you're if, in that yeah for me that is a it's a very has a fluidity it has a uh it's something almost ungraspable it's something that is very uh is that word Ephemer ephemeral, ephemeral, like something, mm -hmm. something that is, you know, very mysterious and um, and colorful and irrational and intuitive and loving and also very earthy, very grounded in the kind of mother principle, you know, where you really you just know what to do at the right time. So it's uh, it has really the sky and the earth you know, in that way. Um, 
it's, it's a very heartfelt feeling and a, and, a, and a very unconditional, loving, open feeling, you know, in a, when it's in a healthy, when it's healthy, hmm. you know. And what and are the, some of the signs of it when it's out of, out of balance that you can see? I think out of balance, I think the, the biggest thing for women is um, the need to be needed, you know, and, uh, you know, that kind of the mother that or the, the uh, yeah, that the need to be needed is a huge thing. And, um, <clears throat> of course, to, to, over, to overstretch yourself in the, in the giving and in the nurturing and the nourishing, you know, you know, it's always about the right balance. And uh, sometimes it's also to find the right balance in the groundedness, you know, like sometimes maybe I get a little bit too practical and a bit too, too down to earth and too kind of, you know, and, uh, and then Miten helps me, for example, with being a bit more visionary and, uh, and, you know, think out of the, you know, out of the practicalities and the, hmm. but it, and ifs. Hmm. So I, I feel that's, that's it. But do you see you have both the feminine and the masculine mm. within you mm. and, and, how do you navigate between the two? You yeah, have this I mean, balanced yeah. relationship yeah. that that it seems to appears to be this very balanced relationship with a man, but having that within you, how does that how does that flow within you? I never think about it. I have to think about it. Because I don't really I don't really do anything, you know, I don't really like, but I, I, um, wow, it's really all, it's very difficult because now when I see certain sides of myself, are they masculine or are they just kind of, you know, like, are they just my down to earth side, you know, like it's very difficult to, to, to know, but um, I don't know really the answer right now. To it's a longer meditation <laughs> that I have to. <laughs> it may you may have just answered it. You know, it, it, um, it's something that you know just in these in these workshops that you were telling me about that you do with people. Mm. Um, I just I know that uh, that that can be something that we're talking about. Obviously, as a culture mm. right now, trying to understand what these different what it what it means and what these roles are and how to how to stand up for yourself or how to be receptive or how to achieve. And, and I think that really more than needing to talk about it, I feel like just your experience, your life, the way that your life has unfolded and the way that you choose to live shows, shows that it's more of an embodiment of that living in that feminine flow, being rooted in that. And I noticed that actually when I saw you performing with your group at Omega, I noticed the the balance um, between you and the musicians who are all men in the group. And I noticed it, um, having been a musician myself, sometimes that dynamic can be strained and sometimes it flows and it seemed to flow very nicely mm. where it didn't feel like... Um, yeah, it didn't feel like a lot of tension. didn't feel like mm. somebody was waiting to solo you know, or mm. somebody was ready, mm. waiting to take the mic or mm. someone was getting drowned out. Oftentimes, if you go in the 
rock world, if you go to a club, the the female vocal is often you can't hear it. Mm-hmm. And so it's something like that. So it seemed I noticed in in your performance that even that all of that seemed to be in a balance. Yeah, but also and also it's because we are all in service. You know, everyone who is playing is playing for everyone to to sing and chant together. It's not a performance. It's not like a listen to us and we want to you know. But it's really like how can we enhance the space and create the space for everybody to sing, chant, and then find that silent space, you know. And Manos, who is the soloist who you saw together with us, he's a, for those who don't know, he's a Nepalese uh, um, Bansuri player, which is the Indian bamboo flute. And he's incredible. He's such an incredible human being. He, and he's also totally in service, like although he plays when we don't sing in a way, he could be waiting for us not to sing, but he's like, you know, he's just totally ready to just not play a note the whole evening if that's not what enhances the space, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are very, very, very lucky to have found him. And and, and also he, he has a great uh, balance of female, male energies. It's a very, very delightful to be around him. So that was he was one of the band that you saw there, one of the members. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. This this life of service that just came upon you and you were willing to embrace it. I mean that 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 must seem like such a gift or a burden ever? No, no. I I mean the only thing is I don't know if that's maybe again I don't really see it as a life of service because I'm having the time of my life and my conditioning still tells me that a life of service is is pretty is more hard and more arduous and, and painful and so um I, I I wouldn't have the uh I wouldn't have the wouldn't want to call my life a life of service. I don't think I deserve that. But um I just I am amazed that having the time of my life and having such a beautiful time also seems to see others seem to benefit from it and that's an incredible that's such a huge blessing that wow you know it's it's actually not just for me although it feels that way from within but it is really somebody is feeling uplifted and and joyful and loved and transformed and healed and you know all these emails that we get they tell us all these things you know amazing things of you know i listen to I, I was close to suicide and I I found the mantras and it's I found the joy again in life and it's not just once. So sometimes I think just uh, that, that that must be worthwhile that life if if one person had you know just one person had written us to that like that. So yeah, I don't I I'm just grateful that somebody benefits from from this life too, not just me. Yeah. <laughs> no, many, 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 many people do. And it's wonderful to have other inroads into the mantras and into chanting uh, to make it feel like you can, I feel like your music allows you to just enjoy it as music. Mm. And then you can also engage with it to mm. then have the benefit of the, the vibration in yourself as well. Mm. Mm. But that's a, like a very nice a nice compliment to some 
things that may seem a bit too uh, challenging to engage with right away where you can actually just enjoy listening to it and feel that. And then when you're ready, mm. learn some of the syllables and yeah. join in. Yeah. 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 Do you look for new chants or new mantras or do is it you search these things out or do they come to you? Bit of both. I mean, um, Manoz <clears throat> has been really incredible with um, making melodies for mantras. And I like that he has that Indian uh, flavor that he can bring into the melodies. I really love that. And uh, so sometimes I give him words, sounds that I would like, you know, mantras that I would like to sing or chant, and he creates the melody. Sometimes it's Miten. And sometimes they come with um, with already ready-made somebody, you know, or I hear it somewhere and I really just get touched. So, yeah. But always open and always expanding, you know, of course. It's the nature, no? Human nature is always growing. How has your relationship to your own voice, like into singing, has that evolved for you over this time of of working and singing and performing? Yeah, it's uh, it's evolved a lot. Um, just like I said, the first seven years when Mitten and I were together, I was um, I just started to learn singing in this way, like I. I had grown up with my mom being a classical musician and also having kind of classical singing lessons, very superficial, nothing kind of too deep, but still I grew up with that kind of way of using my voice. And um, so then to, to find this new world of also how to sing on a mic and how to sing with other people in a record, in a amplified way and how to, loosen up you know when you come out of the classical thing you're so kind of you know very you know also you need the score to sing you know like improvising and all that so the first seven years i was actually just singing second voice to me 10 which i still love to do now and and uh, i was so extremely shy i mean i really was like totally shy and uh, never, even in soundcheck, I wouldn't open my mouth alone, you know, like I was. And and then when the mantras came, then really the voice opened and, and it just, it just unfolded. And what I, I kind of hate to keep repeating myself, but it, it's the same way with my life, the same way with my voice. It's always just come to me. I've not worked for it. I've not practiced really. I've not kind of studied, you know. I just haven't, I'm just too lazy or I don't know what it is or too uninspired or too, I don't know what. I've also really worked on myself, uh, feeling kind of bad about it, but what to do. Um, so with a voice, the same, like it just, it just unfolded without me doing anything. Like suddenly it would do things that I didn't know I could do. It would do certain ornaments or certain way of singing or that I hadn't practiced. It just could do it, you know. And then somewhere I read, and it just totally makes made sense that, of course, the voice is um, an expression of our inner self. You know, we are, when we're singing, we're so naked. You no, know, you can't, for example, you can't be angry and sing, you know. Like, you know, you're just totally exposed. 
And so it shows our inner being and our essence and our inner state. And so when we when we work on our voice, we can actually affect our inner state because it's such a closely related thing. It's like almost the same. And and for me, it was somewhere the other way around that I worked on myself just being in ashram and meditating and then some other voice expressed that and changed and, and became more open and more flowing. And so uh, I think that's, that's how and why my voice has unfolded over the years. And uh, I'm still, like I say, I'm still not comfortable with calling myself a singer or musician. I feel much better as a kind of a, you know, just like somebody who brings people together and, and, uh, gives them an, a reason to come together and maybe channels the energy of so many people into a certain way that we can create something beautiful and like a beautiful whole together. So that's that's whatever you call that, that's what I feel comfortable as. <laughs> I, I think there could be a, a beautiful word for that. We'll have to, we'll have to think about that. It's a, it, That is a very feminine way to be just as you were describing that i saw this image of a like of a lotus flower basically oh, okay. just to oh, the okay. stem and opening and come enjoy be a part of it yeah yeah do you listen to other music do you have yeah. favorite singers or people that you enjoy yes i do i um now that's usually on tour for most of the year i don't listen so much because this doesn't it doesn't happen so much but um I really love world music, so uh, you know some African. I really, for example, Richard Bona, B O N A. He's a great, great singer. I love his CDs. Then I love uh, some Brazilian singers. There's one I like. She's called Maria Gadu, G A D U. And then often I just really like these compilations, you know, Putumayo, or you know, where you have you know these world music compilations. Then I love. Um, Indian bhajan singers, I love Jagjit Singh, and I've also rec uh, recorded, we're singing some of his compositions, Jai Radha is one of his, and Rangedi, 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 it's also one of his, so he, he's a great singer, Jagjit Singh, and then there's a woman called Bombay Jayashri, she has a CD called Sh Shravanam, you can get it on iTunes, and it's so deep and so beautiful. It's really like one of our most favorite CDs. And uh, yeah, there's different Indian bhajan singers that I like. So it's kind of world music. And then, of course, also I'm influenced by Meten, who listens to a lot of 60s, 70s, James Taylor, and um, he loves Bob Dylan. I'm not so into Bob Dylan, but I love James Taylor, for example. You know, they're kind of really beautiful singer-songwriter. And um, and and then yeah, actually I thought I want to look around a bit more again to see what's what is happening now. What what I you know because it's a little overwhelming. I find you know I I look on iTunes and I don't know anybody and I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's you know my the question I I ask people is. You know what? What advice would you give to 
to to women and girls on the spiritual path and and I'll I'll let you answer that too but just in over the course of talking with you um I just feel I feel your presence of the just relax yeah. relax yeah. and and enjoy and settle into this beautiful life that you've yeah. been given and and um you know for your story it unfolded quite gracefully mm. from a young age into your adulthood. But just in, in listening to you and sitting with you now, I'm realizing that that, that moment is mm. now. So that relaxing into that moment, from this moment forward, my life can flow gracefully. Yes. Sit back into that mm. femininity, sit yes. back into that essence and and look around, see what's yes, there, and I think that and be yeah. a part of that. Yeah, and I think that the best um, pointer is what brings you joy. You know, when you when you do that, what brings you joy, then you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing, and you're in the moment. You are radiant. You know, so uh, that's the, that. If you wonder what what should I do, what brings you joy? You know, it's actually quite simple. And then we just have to see how we can make more space for that in our lives so it fits with our paying the rent and all that stuff, you know. So. Uh, and how do you make space? I mean, I, I, I only do what I love I, I, because I love everything. I really enjoy practical things. I do a lot. I, I mean, I feel I work almost all the time. I don't hardly kind of hang out and just, you know, I feel like my... In a way, I do karma, yoga, you know. I feel like I kind of work all the time and I just feels like meditation and I love it. And I love dishwashing, I love laundry, I love cleaning, I love emailing, I love organizing. I, you know, I, I, uh, it's just, I just enjoy doing it, you know. So uh, I get a lot to do. <laughs> I get to do it a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful piece of advice. And it's, it, it's, um, it seems simple, uh, but, and it is. Mm. And we oftentimes, you know, even in, even your, uh, you were reflecting on your upbringing. I can't call this a life of service because mm. it doesn't require mm. this, that, the other thing. But actually, this relaxing enjoyment, love, working mm. service <laughs> i mean you know all these things are are really are really the nuts yeah. and bolts of of the spiritual path i think it's that thing you know to do what what you like to do in the moment you know if there's anything you do to either get something from it either from somebody else or in the future then you're already a little bit on rocky ground you know so uh, so if what you do in the moment others benefit from, then it's great. But if it's service in order to get good points with the karma police or whatever, you know, then it's already not service anyway. So, um, so uh, it's that's the same thing. Like I said before, with practice, you know, with spiritual practice, you know, it's as I feel that it's all about being in the moment, practicing being in the moment, and not looking for the future reward 
And uh, I think that's even anyway the most challenging for humans because I find myself also often very like one step ahead, you know, like already planning, you know, and uh, to to practice being in the moment and responding to what's happening right now, which is often so much better than what we could have, usually always better than what we could have planned, you know. So it's it's that it's about being available to the gifts that that happen when we are in a in an open space to go with the flow, which is such a cliche, but it's really true. It really works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to keep you from your rest of your day. It was so lovely to see you again and and to connect with you. I got so much uh, just from being with you in your presence here over the internet as I did when we first just met briefly in in New York. And, um, it's, it's a, it's, it's interesting for me as I start doing this podcast that, um, the focus is on the words and the delivery of the, of Mm. the message. But as Ramdas has said before that, that the message is actually in between Mm. the words. So this space in between the words and just the space of being of being mm. here with you in this time has been really mm. lovely. So nice to see you. And a, a good teaching for oh, me. You're yeah. such a beauty. It's just a delight to talk to you and see you. And uh, I'm sure everybody who meets you are, is very uplifted. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you, Deva. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash now.